Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Alex Ellswick, our Extension Specialist for Substance Use Prevention and Recovery. Welcome, Alex. That's a mouthful every time, isn't it? It it is a mouthful. (laughs) It is a mouthful. Today's topic is really and truly, we're just going to have a conversation about those trends in in substance use that we kind of see every day. I think that, and we were just chatting before we started, started taping about that so much of the news right now is really focused on e-cigarettes. And we've done an entire podcast on juuling and e-cigarettes and understanding what they are. But um, my husband and I were talking about it last night that, you know, just if you're just scrolling through the news on your phone or through social media or just turning on the TV, that it is just really kind of predominating the press right now, but then there's also other trends in terms of um, other substances and what might be upticks or reductions. And so we're just going to talk some about those stories that folks are seeing in the news centering around substance use and just helping us understand more about them. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the first and one that's most prominent in people's minds probably, I just read a story the front page of the Wall Street Journal this morning about the e-cigarette ban proposed by the Trump administration to ban flavored e-cigarette products. So this is something we did with cigarettes, flavored cigarettes and flavored tobacco uh, a few years ago with the exception of menthol cigarettes. And it's really effective because in many ways these these products are marketed to young kids, um, even if some big tobacco companies might say they're not. They certainly are, right? And, And that's what the research would say. So it's a big step in trying to address teen vaping. Because as we talked about in our other podcast on vaping and e-cigarettes, it actually is a safer alternative to smoking cigarettes. And so when it's used as harm reduction or when it's used as a quit aid to quit smoking, it's effective. The the problem is that um, an equal number of people to to those who are using it to quit smoking are new users. So they're nicotine naive. They've never had nicotine before and their first experience with nicotine is with an e-cigarette, which is, of course, a problem. You know, I shared this with you the other day because, as most of our listeners know, that I have a teen and he's in high school. And so all those things that we experience as parents navigating kids through high school, I have the benefit of coming to work and having a group of specialists that can help coach me as a parent. But I was sharing with you the other day about that um, we'd been to a football game and that there was a group of what appeared to be high school age students behind me. I was not with my son at the time. I was actually with with my daughter younger one, but that they were vaping predominantly throughout the football game. And I mentioned it to my son later. And, you know, his just immediate response was, yeah, it's it's everywhere. You know, it's on the school bus. It's in the bathrooms. He's, it's just literally everywhere you go. So I think, you, you know, and I can remember being in high school, you know, there'd be probably somebody smoking in the bathroom in between mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. But the difference between that and what he kind of describes is just just a huge leap. And it's a lot for a parent to kind of take in as well and really kind of wrap their mind around and understand. Yeah. And it sounds like what Riley's describing is really pretty accurate because the Secretary of Health and Human Services, his name's Alex Azar, 
uh, said this morning that the research is showing 25% of high school youth are um, using vapes and e-cigarettes, which is alarming. So when you look at rates of kids smoke, you know, teen smoking or drinking alcohol or anything, it hasn't even been near comparable to 25% in years and years. Really? And years. Not even close. Yeah. And so really we've made great strides in terms of reducing smoking in general and in particular teen smoking. We're actually at an all-time low now, which is fantastic, but it's quickly been replaced by vaping. 25% is a lot of people. That's a, that's a lot of people. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a lot of people and concerning as a parent for, for sure. You used the term a minute ago, nicotine naive. Can mm-hmm. we talk just a little bit about what nicotine does to an individual or does to their brain? Yeah. So what's, what's interesting is that nicotine itself in terms of physical harm is not terribly harmful. So like in terms of cigarettes, nicotine is the addictive chemical, but it's all the additives and chemicals that produce a lot of harm for cigarettes. So theoretically, the idea was for vapes that uh, and, and e-cigarettes that, you know, an aerosol inhaled, including nicotine, wouldn't be as harmful. Well, first of all, in, in, inhaling aerosol is a bad idea. Right. You don't want to do that. Number two, while nicotine doesn't seem to produce physical harm in terms of to your heart, to your lungs, to the same extent that um, all these other chemicals do, it does do an immense amount of damage to your brain. So we know that your brain is always changing. It is especially true for an adolescent brain. The term is neuroplasticity. So people describe the adolescent brain like Play-Doh, like it's just constantly being molded and changed. And so the behaviors and the patterns of of behaving for an adolescent are really important to their long-term development. And um, nicotine use predisposes people for other kinds of addiction later in life, all sorts of increased risk for other problems. It's It's an issue. It's an issue. Let's talk about maybe some other issues out there. What are other current trends in terms of substance use that folks may be seeing in their in their news feed, and how can we help them understand them more? So a big one that was in the news about a month ago is we're sort of celebrating, in a sense, the first reduction in overdose deaths in almost 10 years. From June of 2017 to June of 2018, which is the latest data we have, there was a 15% reduction in overdose deaths. So that's a that's a big deal because that's a huge deal. Fifteen percent reduction represents about two hundred and thirty lives saved, so that is something we should celebrate. However, that's a fifteen percent reduction from the worst year on record. Right. So it actually puts us on par with twenty sixteen numbers, which at the time twenty sixteen was the worst, worst year, year on, on record, record. Right. So guarded optimism. So two hundred thirty lives saved is is a wonderful thing. Every one of those 230 lives is a person, a human being who have family who love them. But I would also say we lost 1,333 people during that 12-month span. It's a lot of people. And is the the reduction in deaths, is that, do you think that's associated with greater access to things such as naloxone or Narcan, or is that actually reduced substance use? Yeah, also a great question. Most of the experts are saying it's kind of three or four fold. So first, it would be greater access to naloxone, Narcan. Second would be greater access to medication for opioid use disorder. So we talked in one of our podcasts about medication like Suboxone, Methadone, Vivitrol, things like that. But third, and this is a scary emerging trend, is a lot of people are transitioning to using methamphetamine instead. And that was going to be the the third trend that we talked about. So let's just segue into that and tell us some about the methamphetamine. Methamphetamine trends. Yes. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is a mouthful. Um, and it's, 
Yeah, so we're seeing more people using methamphetamine. It's kind of making a resurgence. We're hearing this. We're certainly seeing it in data, but I'm really hearing it on an anecdotal basis from a lot of people who work in treatment because methamphetamine is such a devastating drug. And so I'm just hearing a lot of talk about it. So people are less likely to experience an overdose death as a result of methamphetamine than they are with opioids. So in some ways, you could see that as less harmful, but uh, meth is certainly a destructive drug. So I think particularly for rural parts of Kentucky where we see meth labs and shake and bake meth and things like that, it's it's a huge concern. Do they know why we're seeing a resurgence of meth? We don't know why. There's been some debate. I know some people are suggesting it's because people who use drugs are have become more fearful of opioids. I would be a little hesitant to to endorse that view until we actually see what data says about right. it. Alex, I'll, I'll tell you, um, it's always informative when you have the time to come in and sit down and talk to us that you you leave us with so much to think about. But I, I always feel more well-informed as a consumer. And I think that that is part of when, when we think about the subject matter or when we think about substance use prevention and recovery that you are charged with, just helping consumers feel more educated and understand more is a step in the right direction. It's always a pleasure to do it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question, or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.